Welcome to episode 14, Station to Station podcast. Billy Epler coming in defense of Buck Showalter. Is that foolish or wise? We'll debate. And the Yankees continue to tread water with the absence of Aaron Judge. All that and more coming up next, Station to Station. Boom, boom. First time. First time. Got it. Fuck you both. Fuck you both. We weren't recording. We weren't recording. No, and now I'm just going to include that in the intro, so. There you go. (laughs) This station is Station 2 Station. Everybody, I'm John Presapio, joined along as I should say always, but you know, he's been taking a little bit of a leave of absence here. Brian Sarnelli and then Pat Lavin on the board. Gentlemen, how are we today? You know, I'm well, I'm well rested. I, 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 I took I took a week off. And I think if you looked at the current state of Mets baseball, you would understand why I needed a week off. It was like oh. a mental health week for me. Okay, so is that covered in like the short-term disability plan that we offer here at Station Station? Yeah, we have we have a great oh. package. Um, you know, we have great benefits here. Uh, paternity oh, leave. No, I meant to hit. That's what she said. I hit. That was easy. It was easy to take the week off. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it was. But uh, as always, very nice to be back on the airwaves. Obviously, I know I, I kind of have to be here to face the music. Yeah, so uh, that's that's why I'm here this week. I'm here to face listen face the music. I was getting heated for you last week while you were away. You know, the way these Mets are playing, and, you know, the Yankees have faults of their own. You know, we'll get to that. But, geez, the Mets right now. I mean, we're back to the LOL Mets. What the hell is happening? Uh, I don't really know where you want me to start here. I, but I don't we know are, either. Take a we, pick. We are back to the LOL Mets, and I would I would agree with that. And I, I didn't think we would be back there when you're when you Not just look year. at when you look at this roster, you're like, there's no way that this is gonna be the the LOL Mets. This team's a joke, but I mean, we are 16 games, 16 games out of the division. And at this time last year, we were basically 10 games up on the Braves in the division acting like we were untouchable and that this was the new era of Mets baseball and, you know, 16 fucking games. They said we haven't even been 16 games out of first around this time since like 2003. Like that's, that's including the horrible, horrible years that happened in like the late 2010s. It's not even July. And it's not even July. And I think I've convinced myself and I, I do this a lot, and I think a lot of Mets fans have to. Otherwise, you would physically lose your mind. You would turn into Frank the Tank. I do think that is something that would genuinely happen to a lot of Mets fans. Is you have to just find a silver lining and latch onto it and accept it. And the moment you can do that, you can you can ease the pain a little bit. But the starting pitchers can't go more than five innings. Most of them can't even go five. Most of them were ended up at like three and two thirds and four innings consistently. The, when they do pitch, well, the offense can't score. That's what happened with the first game against Milwaukee. They pitch pretty decently. They lose two to one. Whenever they score 10 to seven runs, they end up fucking losing like 10 to seven. It's like, no matter what goes right, the thing that can't go wrong goes wrong. 
And it's just been the entire, entire team. And, um, you know, nobody is like a shining star on this team where you're like, hey, excluding this person. Because even like our better players, I mean, Pete Alonso is hitting like 220. Jeff McNeil's hitting like 250. Lindor's hitting like 220. It's like every single guy who's supposed to be a, a guy for you is doing nothing. They're all doing nothing. So what my silver lining is, and I kind of already hinted at this, my, my silver lining is, is that you just, you sell everybody. You kick it, you punt it, you say, we gave it a shot. So you're Dude, waving the white flag. You're waving the white flag. It's not even July. Oh, man, I, I wasn't expected to be asked that kind of question. I don't oh, want to. Oh, you say you're selling. I mean, that's what that's what you're doing, aren't you? If you're, if you're selling why can't, off. Why can't they be like the 2017 Yankees? No, 20. Um, I'm six. right, by the way. It's 2017. What? No, they, they went to the ALCS in 2017. You're yeah, but they about... sold at the deadline. No. 2016, they sold at the deadline and they traded off chap because the year that the Cubs won the World Series, 2016. And, okay, then you're right. Pat, cut that, cut all that. That that doesn't have to exist. But yeah, yeah. the Yankees sold at the deadline. The con- in- you know the confidence in you too to immediately jump and say, "I'm right." By the way, yeah, you, get the hell out of here. You got to be confident. You're, talk, you're gonna talk. You got to be confident. You got to be confident you're in everything you do. It's what you are. But hear me out. You are fake news. There's no reason that they can't be like that team and restock in a different kind of way and maybe get on a roll because with the third wild card, everything is possible. And like, we're looking at them right now. They're like six games out of a playoff spot. That's not, not doable. Like they six games is something you could make up. You're in, you're in fucking June still. But that being said, this is not a team that, can win a championship as currently constructed or how just how they're currently playing. I mean, as I'm saying this, the Mets are up seven, nothing bucks. Walter got the, the vote of confidence from the general manager, which is always usually for me, like the first kiss of death that the fact that you have to have the conversation about the confidence in the manager, that's the first sign that the door yeah. is open, that you're going to kill them. So well, I'll tell you what, it sounds like they're going down together. That that as this ship sinks, that they're locked, you know, arm in arm. I think they keep Epler around, regardless <sighs> of which, just because he's the one who got Atani to the Angels. Yeah, and they're gonna leave him in charge for this offseason, just because of that relationship. And then when the Mets don't get Otani and he fails to put together a good team again, then he will be next year's scapegoat. But I, I feel I mean, like that relationship alone is gonna keep him alive. That is typical Mets. I mean, that is what you're used to. But, I mean, earlier in the year, I was very vocal about the fact that I thought Epler, since they just brought him in, they're going to, you know, his job is safe. He's not on the hot seat. But the more and more this goes on, you know, the more and more I start to question, especially since you're hearing, you know, David Stearns, who the Mets just have the biggest hard on for and have This is like the, I don't know how, this is like the, I don't know how to describe it. What is he? He's like the one who he's got Wally, away but never got like away. He's like Wally Backman. Do you uh, remember? Oh, my yes, freaking yes. God. What is it with uh, the Mets? And, you know, just. Every Met fan doesn't want to hear this. I'm telling you, you're you're not appeasing them by bringing this up. You're, you're opening old wounds. That's but what you're doing. You're being it's mean. It's time to get mad, Brian, is what I'm saying. It's time to get mad. 
you know, when you're night riding in on a white horse and Steve Cohen rolls into town. And they have failed the me my shit. entire life, John. My entire life. They have let me down. They have left me sad. They have left me beaten and scarred and bruised. And guess what? I get up. I look them dead in the eye every April. And I say, please, sir, can I have some fucking more? And that is what this relationship is. This is a one-sided relationship. Have you ever seen? We've talked about fever pitch on this. I love the Mets. Have the Mets ever loved me back? No. No. No, no, they have never once. They gave me one year in 2015 where I felt alive and people ask me all the time. You ever get that random ass question? They're like, what's the best year of your life? (laughs) You ever get that question? I answer 2015 without hesitation every single time. Mitch, baby, love the Mitch. And the All right, baby, thing let's go. Get that I can baby, say that Mets. happened go to Mets. me in 2015 is that the New York Mets went to the World Series and got shellacked, but they went, and it was the greatest year of my life. That is so fucking sad. So you want me to get mad and you want me to get depressed. This is just, this is it. This is what happens. This is this team. This team will fall apart when it matters. This team will just not get it done. And it's so fucking frustrating. I do really, really want to like convey that Steve Cohen has helped me a lot mentally with this team because I do believe he wants to win. And I do believe his pockets are bottomless. I just hope one day he can out pay the curse or this team's analytics can catch the fuck up and we can build something special here in Queens. But I'm telling you, John, how I stand right now on June 27th and goddamn, I would love to be sitting here in fucking August 27th and look like the biggest fucking chump in the world when they're sitting in a wild card spot. I would love to have that moment. But as of right now, June 27th, 16 games out of first six games out of the wild card. I don't know how you don't sell. And we already kind of hinted that we're interested in selling because we traded Eduardo Escobar for two minor league pitchers and we ate the contract to get better pitchers back. And apparently I like that move though. I do. I like that. I agree with that move, but that is a move that they can make three more fucking times at Mm -hmm. the minimum. They can do that with Mark Canna. They can do that with Tommy Pham. If Vogelback gets hot enough, fucking ship him for a player to be named later. For no, all you're I not, care, you're not getting but, you know a bag of rocks for Vogelback. I know, but whatever. Now, Rob, Robertson and Adovino in the pen. Absolutely. Those two guys, Adovino and David Robertson, will get you back something solid prospect wise, even if it's one prospect each. I like, agree. You can get something that's true at the AAA level or the AA level where you're like, we just got a nice player. We got a nice piece. And like, we think about how well Drew Smith has been doing for this team. Forget the suspension and his little bit of a clunker last night uh, in the first game against the Brewers. It's his first game back from suspension. Give the guy a break. He's been pretty solid for us. But, you know, we we got him for fucking Lucas Duda. Mm-hmm. So like, you trade a guy like Mark Hanna, you trade a red hot Tommy Pham, And you get back a guy who's going to be a long-term fixture in your pen eventually, or you get a guy who maybe is a future outfielder for your team. You never know what you're going to get. But if these guys are, if their contracts are expiring, fucking eat the money, trade them and get shit back. 
And you know what? You let the kids fucking play. They figure it out for half the season. You put them around some nice talent. But if you got anyone willing to take a, a waiver on any of these guys, I think if someone, to, yeah. if someone wants fucking Scherzer and they offer you something for Scherzer, I don't know oh. how you don't make that kind of move. Verlander, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I think Verlander is going to be on the team next year. But I think if you can move Max, you try to do it. Um, I, I mean, you look that, at everybody. That could, be, that could be interesting, especially if the Mets say, hey, we'll pay the salary. It's a huge contract. If, yeah, the Mets, if the Mets pay the salary, there will be a team interested in Scherzer, without a doubt. But trade fucking anybody that wants to leave that's not a piece. Like, the guys that you're going to keep, obviously, you're not moving Lindor. You're keeping Francisco Lindor. Regardless of the struggles, I'm not going to hear that shit right now. Oh, yeah. We're going to do... We're going to keep Lindor. We're going to keep Alonzo. We're going to keep McNeil. We're going to keep... We're going to keep Beatty. We're going to keep Francisco Alvarez. And we're going to base and Brandon Nimmo and basically every other player on offense. If you offer the Mets a trade, there's no reason for them not to fucking do the trade. Well, and I touched on this last week while you were away too. you know, the Mets, they're in a position right now and it may not be the popular decision, but it'll be interesting. Nonetheless. Now we saw it with the trade they did this week, but if you sell now, right, if you start selling off some of your pieces, there are a lot of teams hungry right now. But the market is frozen because we're not close enough to the deadline. Teams are still trying to figure out what they're doing. So if you the wanna... Mets were to make a, like a reliever available right now, I think you can bring in an even bigger haul for them that you, than you normally would. Trade David Robertson to the fucking Reds or something like that. Like let them like load up their bullpen for like get a team that hasn't been there in a while. Right. And start dangling the carrot fucking early. Like go over to fucking the Reds and be like, hey, listen, you guys want you want to you want to have a special year? You know, it'd be kind of fun. What if you had Max Scherzer in your rotation, like it, a guy, would, a guy who's been there, like well, that'd be kind of cool nice. for your team. But like, that's that's the type of shit that I wish they would start like dangling. And and obviously, you don't know. Maybe those conversations are happening. We'll never know if those conversations are really happening. But like, you got teams that are having these type of seasons who haven't had a type of season like this in a while. Fuck it, man. The Marlins are pretty solid right now. The Marlins, the Reds are pretty good. You have the Diamondbacks, the Giants. You got teams who are, I mean, the fucking Orioles. Could you imagine putting like a guy like Max Scherzer like on the Orioles and getting some back of that Orioles young talent pool that they got coming up? But like give the Orioles a guy who's been there. Like there's things that can be done. I mean, anyone in the AL Central, fuck that. Don't fucking, there's no talent there. They're just all shit fucking suffering yeah. together but you got teams like the texas rangers texas rangers having a fucking nice year to start they're on fire they lost jacob Degrom for the year fucking go sign get rid of some of your pieces bring in a guy like wouldn't that be ironic huh if they brought in max scherzer if they brought in scherzer to fill the void of Degrom, wouldn't that be something yeah fucking time's a flat circle the, ra <laughs> the rangers are going to turn the range i've already said it on this podcast but the rangers of this year are the new york mets of last year I think once they get to the playoffs, they will be complete frauds, but they're going to have such a fun regular season that everyone yeah. in Texas and Arlington is going to believe in them. And then they're going to play it like an actual force. Well, they, and just you know, they, they, slapped. They, were, they were in the Bronx over the weekend. Now the first time the Yankees played them in Arlington, I actually, I was impressed. I was very impressed this weekend. I wasn't as much uh, to be honest with you. That's, you know, a Yankee team, Without Aaron Judge, you know, without some of your better pitchers. Sure, you had Cole out there one game, but Cole late, you know, he didn't pitch well at all. 
Um, and the Yankees were still able to take two out of three from them. But I want to talk to you real quick about Buck Showalter, right? Now, Buck, obviously, getting a lot of heat this week. A lot of heat from all over. Not um, just this but, week, all year. Oh, yeah. But especially this year, this week, excuse me. Um, now, Billy Epler met the media today. And Billy Epler said, quote, Buck is the guy to get us back on track. So it sounds like Buck isn't going anywhere this year, which, to be honest with you, I think is the right move because Buck is, I don't know, I want to get your thoughts on this. I genuinely do because as much heat as Buck is getting, I don't know how much, first of all, you can blame on him, for, you know, one, and two, you know, how much is Buck in control of this team? Because he's kind of tipped his hat a little bit earlier with some of his comments about the lineup where it, it makes, you know, illusions that it's coming from up top. You know, is this a team that is handcuffing Buck Showalter and how he traditionally has managed for new school analytics? Let me get your thoughts. I think that the fact that people think that Buck isn't putting together this lineup is bogus. I yeah, do. You, you think he is? Yeah, okay. I, there, there's a lot of that outside the organization, those swirls of that Buck is being told how to do the lineup and being told about certain things. I actually completely disagree. I think it's all Buck. And I, I'm, I'm not saying, I, I think the organization so, brought Buck so why, in with basically saying we Why is he using terms like trust. we? When he's talking about like lineup nah, cards. A, I mean, people do that shit all the time, John. Like right. people, so, people, people fuck up and like, every single capacity and people will always be like, yeah, like we like they go down together. You go up together. Like people, people don't throw around the eye shit. Now Buck yeah. isn't really even holding himself accountable. Like post game, Brett Beatty makes a, a terrible error after one of the Phillies games. And in the post game comments, he's like, oh. Hey, this is my fault this is a hundred percent on me. And like Buck has never once said like, Hey, this is my loss. I fucked up. I made a bad call. So like, the lack of accountability post game, I think is frustrating sometimes. And I think like when you have, mm -hmm. you know, like when you're on a bad stretch and your manager isn't taking any, like the accountability of it, but he just keeps saying over and over, like, I'm proud of them. Like they're battling. We got the right guys to do the right things. Um, honestly, John, I could close my eyes sometimes and listen to Buck Walter and think I'm listening to fucking Mickey Calloway. Mickey Calloway <laughs> used to always hit me with the same fucking line every single time they lost being like, you know, we battled, we battled. We were out there. We played nine innings, but we were battling. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? We lost by 13. But, you know, Buck is starting to give me these like shitty cop out answers. And I just want to one night just hear like, hey, listen, like I made some bad calls tonight and I cost us the game. Like I I messed up in my situations. But going back to your thing, um, do I think Buck is the right guy for the rest of the season, regardless of what happens to this team? I do. I genuinely do. Um, whether they turn it around and somehow go on a run and make the postseason, I think he's the right guy for that run. I think he's the right guy to help them turn it around. And I also think if they become massive sellers and ship everybody away and they play a lot of young guys, I think Buck is the type of guy that teaches your young guys how to play the game right. Mm -hmm. And he can help kind of shape them through their first couple months in the show and teach them how to be professionals. So I don't think there's a benefit in firing Buck Walter. I don't think this is like a Phillies firing Girardi move. I don't think this is the same situation. If you ask me, um, I've already kind of said this off air. I think if they fired him, I'd actually like to see Wayne Kirby fuck around with the manager spot for a couple months. But honestly, I still don't think that's something that's going to happen. I think what happens is Buck is probably going to quote unquote retire forcefully at the end of the season. If this doesn't go well, 
if he turns it around, I think he's back next year. If it doesn't go well, I think it's kind of going to be like a mutual parting of ways to show respect to Buck. Um, but I think your next Mets manager is sitting up in their front office right now and Carlos Beltran. I think they brought him back into the organization to kind of just show yeah. that they're forgiving yeah. him of everything and that they they slapped him on the wrist and that they're going to let a couple of years pass. They let somebody else sit in the chair for a few years and then mm-hmm. he's got an inside job to everything that they've done. And I just feel like it's going to make the most sense when that move eventually happens. That was um, pretty quick that he left the Yankees and went, you know, back to Queens. Yeah. So I, so I feel I like the writing right. on the wall is, is that move. I almost similar to how like the writing on the wall has always been David Stern's back is going to come and be the Mets guy. So very curious to see what happens in the off season right now, though, we got a couple more months of this season to play. And I, you know, I've already said my piece on it, but like if this team is going to turn it around, I trust Buck to help turn it around. And if they're going to completely sell and implode, I trust Buck to help shape the young guys well enough to set us up for success in the future. Um, either way, you're 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 not in a. It's not a win win. It's not a lose lose. It's not a good situation to be in. It's just it is what it is. But I don't think firing him is the answer. I think I think firing him is actually bad for the Mets because I think that leans more into the LOL Mets shit instead of showing like commitment to a guy that just won NL manager of the year, like show a little respect for the guy who made you actually have your first relevant season in a couple of years, instead of fucking kicking him to the curb after something didn't go well. Like the Mets lost the best fucking reliever in baseball and didn't go out and get anybody to fucking replace him. And they already had David Robinson signed when that fucking happened. And it's like, they just assumed that the bullpen was going to be fine after losing the best guy in the fucking league instead of going out and making a move when you yeah. have money, especially when there's guys available. Like, but that hasn't situation. been their biggest problem, though. The, the, it the hasn't closer, been. You thought it would fact, be. It hasn't been. The fact that Jeff Brigham is pitching at all on this team, but let alone pitching in big games and big... He's literally on the mound as I'm speaking. This he is... is fu- I'm telling you. And guess what just happened? A leadoff hit. But he's got 21 um, scoreless outings. Brian. I'm telling you that this guy is a fraud. Those numbers, he has a 3.95 ERA. So he's your Clay Holmes. And 21 scoreless outing. He is a fraud. I guarantee we are. So we are doing this episode live right now. The Mets are up seven, nothing. They're obviously having a very good game. Offense is looking good. David Peterson came out of nowhere and pitched a fucking gem from the minor leagues after being Mm -hmm. fucking vanished to the shadow zone. But Jeff Brigham is on in the top of the eighth. In a 7-0 game, he immediately puts a leadoff hitter on, and he's behind 2-0 to Yelish. And I guarantee the Brewers are going to score at least one to two runs this inning, and both will be charged to Jeff Brigham. Oh, you're this up guy, 7-0. This guy is BP. But this, this is actually a good sign that Jeff Brigham is in this game, John, because this guy pitches in games that are like one-run games and fucking fucks us every time. They're finally putting him in garbage time. This is where this man belongs. Fuck him. No, don't play this soundbite. I hate Jeff Brigham. I don't know why either. Like, I mean, his face is annoying. I I really want, I'm a Mets fan true and true, but part of me for just like the content to see Yelish just hit a fucking moonshot into the Coca-Cola corner would really just really sell this point home for me. Well, I know who's leading the cover art of this week's episode. Pat, you getting on that already, I'm sure, huh? Put him. Yep. I don't know how oh, you can make yeah. the cover art of Jeff Brigham, but I, I really I, want him like I, in cuffs 
And like, I don't want him in a Mets uniform. I want him like on a Long Island Ducks uniform because that's where Jeff Brigham's career is headed. I could do that. Now, I'll tell you what, though, you know, Epler speaks today. The Mets respond, you know, for what it's worth, it's one game, but they come out tonight and they're up seven, nothing, obviously here in the eighth. Uh, Now, Steve Cohen is scheduled to address the media tomorrow afternoon before their game with Milwaukee. Jeff Brigham walked them. Continue. (laughs) My thing is, you know, what is Steve doing here? Right. Fans have been yelling from rooftops for weeks to hear a peep out of Cohen. And it's been absolutely nothing. Radio silence out of Cohen. So then sure. today he sends his pawn out there, Billy Epler, who, I mean, basically laid down the blueprint, you know, tipped his hat as to what the plan is moving forward. What are we going to hear from Cohen tomorrow? It's going to make you feel any better. What What is, you know, what, what was he doing? He couldn't come out today. He couldn't come out over the weekend last week. He's got to have, you know, Billy come out and protect him, soften the crowd first. Can I just say like one line that I know this is going to be like such a cop out? Oh, the man's a billionaire, right? Maybe he's out. Maybe he's out of town. I got fucking Zoom. Get hop on his Zoom call. He wants to do it in person. What if he's not in Queens and he'll be in Queens tomorrow? So he's like, hey, I'm going to address the media tomorrow. I'm just saying like. What I'm not gonna, Brian, I'm not gonna, Brian, I'm not gonna go after him. It's been going on for <laughs> well, you're weeks. A billionaire, you could travel anywhere, you'd be in Paris exactly. right now. He's got so much money that he could hop on a plane in 10 minutes, go to wherever the hell he wants, and be back before dinner. You mean to tell me he couldn't hop on a plane? Nice Jeff Brigham almost nice, fucked yeah, up. Nice play yeah, by yeah, Tommy almost. Pham there. Yeah, because that was a, a piss missile off the bat, but didn't get down. Um, anyway, I don't know if he could do that. He probably can. He, you know, but here's the thing. What, what are we going to hear from Cohen? Exactly. That was the question. What, what, what are we going to hear? I'm answering the question, John. Let me answer the question. <laughs> You're repeating it. I thought you were asking me. No, I'm reiterating. So the listeners know what I'm about to answer. What are we going to hear from Steve Cohen? This is what you're going to hear from Steve Cohen. You're going to hear very much the same thing that Billy Epler said. This is the first time though, that Steve Cohen has to do something like this under his Mets ownership. He put mm-hmm. together what he thought was a super team over the last two seasons and it blew up and didn't go well. And he put a lot of money and resources into this team being successful and it didn't work. And he is coming out to face the music. And I, I honestly kind of, I'm not going to be frustrated that it took until June 27th for him to come out and say it because maybe he just had so much belief in his guys and his team that he was going to let this ride until July and uh, finally, it got so loud that it's like, it's time for me to fucking talk. Like, I can't ignore this anymore. It's not going to get better. And regardless of what he says, and obviously, I think it's going to be a vote of confidence for Epler. And I think it's going to be one for for Showalter, because I don't think he's doing any midseason firings. I don't think he's going to be the type of guy to, to react like that um, in his first really negative season as a Mets owner. Now, if this is like, 20 years into the Steve Cohen timeframe. Yeah. Maybe we see shit like that, but I don't think you're going to see like the cutthroat. See you later uh, mentality from him until they've done something. And I, I just, they haven't done anything of relevancy for him to be able to act like that. All he's done is write a check. They haven't actually done anything important. Jeff Brigham with a strikeout. So maybe he gets out of this, but I'm still hoping for the three run Homer. Anyway. Um, I think Cohen's going to own it. I think he's going to be like, I'm frustrated. You're frustrated, but these are the guys we're running with for the rest of the year. And like, 
We're going to work on building something. I think the things to listen to is to see if he talks about next year and building past this year, because I think those will be the indications that we're going to sell. If he doesn't talk like that, though, I feel like he's just going to act like they're not going to sell and they're going to kind of hold Pat and maybe um, not hold Pat, our producer, but like hold still. Um, And I think I I don't think there's any chance. Yeah, he comes out tomorrow and indicates that they're going to sell. I don't think another, there's any chance. Another ace reliever, Dominic Leone is warming up. So yeah, John commenting that the bullpen wasn't an issue. Thank God John said that because these guys are fucking the bees knees out here. We literally have a minor league bullpen other than the two guys at the back end. It's seven, nothing. The guys, I mean, he's got two men on, but two outs right now. What do you want? I mean, you, you know, I, can't, I literally was going to say something that I was going to regret and I knew I couldn't say on a podcast and I was like, Nothing. I don't want anything, John. I want a Jeff Brigham jersey. Actually, I want to right here. You can't see it if you're if you're if you're watching the podcast. You can see that I have a framed jersey here. If you if you're not watching and you're listening, just use your fucking context clues. It's a framed jersey on a wall. It's a Mets home jersey. It's a Matt Harvey jersey. It is autographed. I know that's not the greatest role model. We don't have to get into that topic right now. But I will tell you that if Jeff Brigham allows a three run homer here. I will replace it with a signed Jeff Brigham jersey. Oh, then I'm really rooting for this. I yeah, am because I want you to really understand oh. how bad the Mets back at bullpen is other than those two guys. I mean, this guy can't throw a strike. This guy sucks, dude. I'm telling you, Jeff Brigham is trash. I know this is not necessarily the best content. I apologize if you're like, yes, I already watched this. He got out of it last night. Get over it, Brian. Like, I just feel like he consistently lets me down. And every year I basically pick like one or two guys that I just latch on to as like, you're the reason we're bad. And I ignore everybody else hitting 215. And I'm like, if Jeff Brigham wasn't on this team, the Mets would be a World Series contender. And that doesn't make sense. And I think that's part of the rationale. But hey, John, you know what? There's a team across the town called the New York Yankees. So let's oh, fucking on, talk well, about that. I, I got one more thing I want to ask you about, actually, I about the Mets. fucking die. The Yankees. You know, Epler said something else today that, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I want to get your Bases take on loaded. it. Epler talking about the team. He said the quote, the biggest deviation from what the forecast was is pitching. I mean, John, what, I don't even know what that means. Basically he's saying that the, the biggest, you know, reason for their failures, you know, despite their high expectations is their pitching. I, I don't agree with that, Brian. I, I mean, you watch this team. John, they def- went like six innings like four, to- four times. Yeah, their pitching has not been good, but their defense has been terrible. They can't hit to save their life other than tonight. Why don't you, why don't you point the finger at morale? Maybe they're not feeling good. Maybe well, that's, that's why they're playing thing. well. That's another thing. There's no life. The manager's not inspiring them. That was a frisbee that should have been parked on the moon. He got away with that for strike two. Bases loaded, 0-2 count. Can Jeff Brigham get out Brian Anderson? Oh, man, former Marlon Brian Anderson? It, this, this, is, will, this will either be a highlight tomorrow or up your away, worst. Ball one. You know, reliving one of your worst nightmares. No, honestly, I think one of my favorite things that I've ever done is I was taking a Snapchat video once of Ruben Tejada taking at bat with bases loaded and he got hit in the head with a pitch. And I was like narrating it the whole time. And like, you just hear like my soul leave my body. And I'm like, oh, 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 and that's a double down the line. This should plate two to three runs. Jeff Brigham comes in and Jeff Brigham performs like Jeff Brigham. 
It is seven to two New York Mets. I'm telling you, dude, water always finds its level with Jeff fucking Brigham. Yep. And here comes an angry Buck Showalter. Buck, Buck looks one, pissed. Oh, look at the that. runners on base belong to Jeff. And we might have some more earned runs. Nicely right. done, Brian Anderson. What's your question? I told you, man. What you always say I say water finds its level too much, but man, yeah. it always does. It always yeah. does, baby. Jeff Brigham is always going to be suckish. And don't worry, as the rain falls at City Field, here comes Dominic Leone. Did he know it I wonder if the Brigham family uh, listens to Station to Station. They do. They're yeah. in for a treat this week. Let me tell oh, you. They probably, they probably stopped listening. We're not having him another, on the show anytime you ask soon. Me another question? I thought you asked me something I else. don't know. Well, let's move on. Let's move on over to the Bronx. The Yankees. Wait, can I give a fact before you say? Yeah, go ahead. I know how to fix the Mets. I forgot. I wanted to share this. I, I figured out how to fix the Mets a while ago, and you, I didn't you, share it you with you. You said this a few weeks ago. Yeah, no, what, what is it? You got a new on. way? What happened my, the other way? I'm going to put my hood on for You're this. You're as good as Billy Epler at this point. The way you fix the New York Mets, the Mets were 14 and nine with the white Atlantic health patch on their arm. 14 oh. and nine, winning record. Since then, they're like 15 games under 500. That's how you fix the Mets. You go back to the old patch. The big, ugly patch that everybody hated. You go back. You set things right. And you fix this team. It's one patch. Say yes right now. Sure. I don't care. <laughs> Say yes right now. I, I agree. White patch or no patch? Was it the white? Is it, I, just, I know it was massive. That was it. It was just a big patch. It was huge. Nothing it wrong was, with that. It was huge. That's what she said. It was well, the patch now is average size, so that's that's good too. <laughs> Pat, it's kind of small. Us different strokes, different folks. Anyway, the Bronx. The, okay, right. okay. No, we got that one. We don't need that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, that one. We we could get rid of that sound. Sell that one. I take my hood back off. Who is your daddy? And Staying what does he do? There. there you go. All right, uh, let's talk about you fucking Yankees, and I can yeah. get over this. So, uh, you know, the Yankees after, oh, my God, an absolutely embarrassing weekend in Boston. They come home yep. uh, to open up series against the Mariners and the Rangers. They end up having a successful homestand. They ended up winning uh, four out of the six, which was nice. Um, a few of those Texas games were a bit dicey, could have gone either way. And that uh, series finale in Seattle was an absolute, or against Seattle, rather, was an absolute disaster. Um, oh, my God. That was bad. But, you know, hey, the Yankees, for not having Aaron Judge, okay, you know, they seem like they're on the right track. They're treading water right now. Now, unfortunately, the news came out this week that Judge has a torn ligament in his tummy. Now, they've obviously known this since the injury happened. That injury happened, uh, what, June 3rd, right? The Saturday Dodger game. So why aren't they sharing that with us? Well, why, exactly. are we waiting, why are we waiting that long to know that? What's the big deal if we knew that on time? Exactly. So Boone was asked today on his weekly radio spot, um, and his answer was a bit lame. He said, you know, when there's gray involved in the injury, we don't like giving timetables. Uh, that doesn't really, I don't, I'm not buying that. that. That doesn't check out to me. So I don't know what this whole mystery is. And I, I talked to you about it for a little bit. I mean, initially when the, play happened where he ran into the fence. They're saying, oh, you know, he's going to get imaging done. And we didn't know for a week 
anything. You know, it was a little less than a week. It was like four days. But, you know, we didn't hear a peep. And I, I remember we did the episode. I'm like, where is he getting these images done that we still don't know? And then, you know, we heard, you know, it was the foot. We heard it wasn't broken. So then we just assumed, okay, bruise. That's pretty good. But now we heard it's a torn ligament. So, and then Boone says, I don't want to get into a semantics battle. But it's essentially saying that he alluded to it. I, give me a friggin' break. I don't know what this whole thing is with Judge and hiding the injury. Maybe they don't want, you know, pessimism to fall too big on the Yankees, especially when they were in the middle of that disastrous run. You know, they're still looking to fill the ballpark, get ratings on yes. But to have a torn ligament now, I mean, pretty much forget about any hope of him coming back before the All-Star break. That's done. Okay, that, that's a pipe dream at this point. What you hope is that you get him back in August. That's really, you know. And, and then the other side of it, even if you get him back in August, is this team capable of continuing to tread water that long until then? Because despite, you know, a strong performance against Seattle and Texas, and Texas is a good team, you know, this team is so Jekyll and Hyde, you don't know what the hell you're going to get. So I don't, I, think, I don't think treading water is good enough. Not, no. in the, not, not in the American League right now. It's not well, enough. No, no, but, you know, I mean, I think the Yankees, I mean, the Mets, I talked about this too. The Mets' dreams of an, the NL East are done. They're we're, dead. We're done talking about the Mets. Yeah, well, you know, similarly, as those dreams are dead, I, I think the AL East is a done deal as well, too. And not done in, I don't know if the Rays are going to win. Baltimore could give them a run for their money, but I don't think the Yankees are in contention for that. Are you, can, I, I ask you, can I ask you random questions? Ready? You ready for yeah, these? Sure. Are you afraid of Tampa, yes or no? Am I afraid? No. Do I think we could beat them in the playoffs right now? No. Okay. I'm not afraid. That's Okay, that's what these questions are. So do you think you could beat them in a playoff series? Yes or no? Is, 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 is the same as, are you afraid of them? Not right now. No. And not without home field advantage. No. Which they wouldn't have. What about the Orioles? I think they can beat Baltimore. Home you still, or away. You still afraid of Houston? No. Oh, yeah. Until they beat them. Until they beat them. Who am I to say that they, the Yankees can beat Houston? How about your daddy, the Boston Red Sox? I let's calm down a little bit. What's going I, on this year? The Red Sox are cock slapping you guys. They're, they're reversing the trend. I mean, last year, that's all. I mean, the Yankees owned Boston. You know, they, they absolutely owned them. And Boston's just, you know, flipped the script on them this year. I don't know. I mean, they're sending guys out there on the hill, you know, no name. And they're dominating the Yankees. But I think it just all comes back to this team can't hit. This team is so incapable of hitting. It's insane. It is absolutely insane to me. And the difference one player makes is truly astounding. I mean, that's the kind of generational talent judge is that you take him out of the lineup and they're that bad. And you know what? I think that speaks to the Yankees postseason woes of years past. It's the same thing. You know, when you get into the postseason, these teams are focusing on judge and they're saying, we're not going to let Aaron judge beat us. Where in the regular season, you know, you're not as dead set on that mindset. But in the playoffs, you know, Houston's saying, I'm not going to let Aaron Judge beat us. They don't give him good pitches. Make him chase. Make him start pressing. And that's what that's happened. Because, you know, the rest of the team, they, they can't hit to save their life. And Honestly, you know, if, if I was any team in the fucking AL East right now, I, I know you're saying that's like a playoff mon- mindset. Right, they should. Anytime, anytime the Rays play the fucking Yankees, 
It's just pitch around him. Walk Absolutely. him. Who gives a fuck? Put him on first. No one's fucking driving him in. Especially if Rizzo, who typically hits behind him when he's in the lineup, you know, if he's going to continue to perform the way he has over the past month since he's come back from his injury, yeah, he's got no protection. Stay in. Where's John Carlo? Where's John Carlo? This is a trick question. I don't know where he's he is. Nothing. Where are the Yankees <laughs> playing right now? Well, they're on their way to Oakland. They're in Oakland. They're going to be starting up tonight. But, uh, you know, he's in Oakland. Here's the thing. You know, Stanton, I I appreciate Stanton, the guy. Um, He is everything a New York fan desires in how they handle their business, you know, in the clubhouse. Um, He takes full accountability for, you know, all of his actions for his performance. He doesn't hide. He always makes himself available. He goes out there and he takes it and hats off to Stanton for that. There's a lot of guys who would just, you know, avoid the questions altogether, but he, he owns it. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. Now, if he can, the thing with him is he never is healthy, but at least he hits in the postseason. but he hasn't carried this team in the postseason. You know, not like an A-Rod did in 09. Not like a Raul Abanez did, you know, where you have that postseason where the guy's carrying you. Now, he he has a lot of holes in him, but I can deal with that. But the problem is when the rest of the seven guys in the lineup are so feast or famine, it makes you just a one-dimensional team. They need to get some guys who hit for average. Now, I said that, you know, DJ LeMahieu, his first two seasons in New York, that was the first time the Yankees had a true contact hitter since Derek Jeter. But LeMahieu, you know, getting old, father time catches up to you. You know, he's not that same guy anymore. So what do you have? You waiting on Volpe? Now, since Volpe had that chicken parm dinner with Austin Wells down in the minors, and he, you know, he noticed a hitch in his swing, he's looked a much better. Which, have you heard that story, Brian? No, I, you said chicken parm dinner, and yeah. I was a little confused. So, you know, Volpe, he's good friends with Austin Wells. He's a catcher um, in double-A Somerset for the Yankees. He was a first-round pick for them a few years back. I think it was 2020, that uh, pandemic season. But they've grown up together in the minors. They're good friends. They went out um, to dinner one night after a game, and they had chicken parm. It's not important to the story, but I just need you to know that they had chicken parm. Each of them? Yep. No eggplant eggplant parm? Both chicken. No, but, you know, it is a little weird. You go to, you know, I'm picturing like a, you know, hole-in-the-wall Italian shop, you know, a styrofoam plate, you know, that just that typical breaded chunk of chicken with the baked-on sauce and the Parmesan on top. But anyway, Austin Wells is talking to him, and he goes, you know, since you've been up here, you've gotten to this habit where you have a more open stance. You never used to be that open when you were down here. So Volpe goes, you know what, you're right. And he made an adjustment, and since then he's been hitting better. Now, how? Excuse me. You you talk about this modern age, this modern age coaching staff, where you have more coaches than you could ever dream of, more coaches than there's ever been on a team, right? All of these gurus, all of these analytic guys, these you know revolutionary mechanics guys, that you hear so much about. You mean to tell me no one caught this in his swing? It took a minor league catcher over some chicken parm to catch, you know, a hitch in his swing? Are you kidding me? If I'm hell, I'm asking questions. What the hell's going on? 
Why is Wells catching this? But you know, my dream team can't. Such a such insane. A, such a bad mindset from you, John. What? Just a bad it's a piss poor mindset. What if you have a generational hitting coach talent as a backup catcher down they in might. double A? They might. Maybe might. view it like that. Maybe well, maybe Austin he sees Wells, things I mean, that other people don't. Here's the thing though. Wells is one of their top prospects. He's widely regarded as, you know, one of the next up and coming catchers. I think at this point you can cross Time Ben hang Rort. It up. You can cross Ben Rortvet off that list. I mean, the guy's hurt again. That this time down in, you know, triple A. So you you would hope that Wells it's a glimpse into the future. He could be a leader, good, you know, receiver behind the plate. We'll see. Yeah, I hate uh, ever I hate Yankee fans. I hate you can just tell through how you guys talk. Like everyone has to be a leader. Everyone has to do this. Everyone has to follow the Yankee way. Oh my god. It's working out a little bit better for us than it is in the Queens right now. See, I mean, we're not somebody you're just taking unnecessary shots. Okay. And what I What did you do to start this? What did you do to start this? I didn't say anything. You took a shot. Oh, I hate Yankee fan. Give me a break. I didn't Give say that, Pat. I didn't say that. Didn't say it. See, you know two what? against one. You know what? I hope you enjoy golfing while the Mets don't make the playoffs. While I watch my Yankees get swept in the wild card series. All right. You, That's you three know, more games I get this year. Three more games. It's two games. Two. You're right. Two more games. <laughs> Trust they would, me. They I lived to, it. They would I have to win one year. to make it to the third. <laughs> yeah. I had three games last year. Thank you very much. Um, We'll see. But, you know, yeah, the Yankees come back. They take that series against Seattle. They take the series against Texas. It's looking good. You know, the judge injury, we'll see what happens from there. Um, the positive news, though, for the Yankees is that there's six, six of their next eight opponents are below 500. So if there's a time to be treading water slightly above, you know, while you wait for your captain to come back, this is it. So they kind of luck out with that. Um, you know, you want to you want to jump into a bit of a look ahead uh, segue off that. I feel like you can't tease it and then not do yeah, it. It's not right. that interesting of a topic to not do after you tease it. So Yankees open a series with Oakland as we record this tonight um, before going on the road to St. Louis. To play How about the that? Wow. Um, they return home for a series against Baltimore, which uh, it'll be big. It's four game set against Baltimore in the Bronx. Um, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with uh, that July 4th game, an afternoon game. That'll be, that'll be good. That'll be a good game to watch on the July 4th. And then they have the Cubs at home before heading into the All-Star break. So, hey, you know, it's pretty good. You, you like your odds there, and it gets better after the break, too. Uh, now, the Mets obviously play in Milwaukee right now. After that, they'll host the Giants at home um, before going on the road to face Arizona and San Diego before rolling into the all-star break for them. Uh, Speaking of San Diego, you know, I'm looking at them as a bit of a wild card myself. Uh, Not in what they can do, but what will they do? They have some pieces. Now, they are not looking good right now. San Diego currently sits six and a half games out of the wild card. Okay. do they do they move a piece? And if so, you know, who would it be? Because they do have some desirable pieces there. Now, Manny Machado has expressed that he's probably going to opt out after this season, regardless. So maybe, do you look at moving a Machado 
Him and Chow just signed a massive contract. He still has an opt-out. He has an opt-out, and he's going to opt-out. I think you're wrong. I I mean, he's. I'm going to do this again. We're going to do this again. I think you are incorrect. Manny Machado just signed a massive deal with the Padres. Like within a month? No. I mean, this season, though, I think he lost his opt-out. There's no way he has an opt-out in the middle of a beginning of 11-year contract. Yeah, he's locked locked up till 2034. Would you look at that? Tied it up. (laughs) All right. right, we're, We're one and one. One one. Let's go, Pat. We got him. Got him. You got me. Looking looks like an idiot. I, I, you know, I, I misspoke. I'll own it. I was wrong. That was on me. You are fake. That, news. That's on me. <laughs> but still, Man, regardless, Man regardless, will not be opting out. Everyone, he'll be on the Padres. Regardless, nonetheless, San Diego does have quite a few pieces, and it'll be interesting. There's rumors going back to what Bobby Valentine um, said a few weeks back that he's hearing that San Diego's looking to move on because they feel that this current core doesn't mesh well together. Now, there's a lot of talent there. Do they move someone there? That's you the team move, that you look at. You 100%, if you're going to do it, you got to trade Juan Soto. You think? He's an expiring contract. He is actually going to be a free agent after this season. Didn't he sign a long-term contract? No. When he got you, traded? Let me, let me no. look. Hold on. No. Juan Soto, we're not... We need to get better as a group. Also, this is going to put me up two to one. Juan Soto is a free agent at the end of the year. And so if you're going to trade anyone, if you're the Padres, I'm sorry for any Padres fan. You got to trade Soto. Yeah, you're right. You know what I think I did? I think I confused Juan Soto. Two to one. And, uh, and Manny Machado. This is arbitration. Uh, <clears throat> right. You want to just move on? You want to stop talking about the Padres? Oh, no, I think <laughs> they, they, can, they can get a good piece from San Diego nonetheless. Maybe it's Juan Soto. Sure. Sure. Listen, I, I'm, I'm sweating in here right now. I don't know if you can see on camera. I am. You're I, fucking, I am. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to move off the topic. I am glistening when sweat. Uh, it is hot. Pat, what, what is with the reaction, Pat? I because I'm now noticing just the amount the the shine yeah. on it, John it is ripping. Hot. Also is wearing dripping. a wearing a long sleeve like thermal or sweater is probably not helping either. Yeah, I know. You know what? I'm wearing that. Na- I'm wearing a nasty shirt. I was working on my car today, and it's you just use a sweatshirt front. sleeve to wipe off the top of your head. I did. What the fuck's yeah. wrong with your car? Your car's nasty. like a 2022. Uh, my cigarette adapter stopped working. I thought you stopped smoking. Um, I think I. I think I broke it accidentally <laughs> putting the, you know, the little thing in there. So I had to get and Oh my God. What a, what a task that was. You had to take off the paneling. You had to get in there. I mean, it's in such a tight little corner. You're digging, you're feeling around. You have no idea what, what you're looking said. for. You got anything else we could talk about? Or can we just <laughs> can we take this home? No, no one needs to hear this. You're, uh, you're literally out of breath. You got something <laughs> sweet for me. Yeah, I'm gonna get you a bottle of Old Spice. <laughs> I fucking love that. sweaty I animal. I can't wait no. to take a shower after this. Oh, I got nothing. Man. I got nothing sweet to say to you. I, All right. Fuck you. That's what I want to say, and for no reason. Just, yeah. but no, thank you for it's, holding it's, down. It's great to have you back. Let Thanks me tell for you. holding down the fort. I appreciate yeah. you holding down the fort. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you noticed too. Brian's uh, got new digs over there. He's a whole new studio. He's. I do. I, I relocated uh, my my desk, my studio downstairs into the. Oh, bedroom down mother's here. basement, right? That's right. My, my mother's basement. We got we got the Mets on the wall right now. Mets just won a game. Breaking news. Can you give me some breaking news over there? Take 
I don't know. Win comes to that, but okay. Breaking news. That's what a baseball game. Uh, that's fair. So, that's uh, fair. you know, let's see tomorrow if they could actually win a series, but they, they did win a baseball game. That's, that's something. I, you know, SNY just showed a shot of the team celebrating. I think I have about the same amount of sweat as Daniel Vogelback does right now on my face. Holy cow. All right, my something sweet for you this week. Um, the London series. I actually really, I, I'm not usually a fan of, you know, these gimmicks where they go on the road. Um, I do like this one in London. Going back to when the Yankees played Boston there a few years back. That feels like forever ago now um, with the pandemic and everything. But you had the Cubs in St. Louis. Fun to watch. Good job by the broadcast teams, I felt. I mean, if you're a Yankee fan, what was there not to love? You had A-Rod and uh, Derek Jeter with the Fox pregame and postgame on that, you know, Fox game. And then Sunday, you had the K-Rod broadcast. You had Michael K and Alex Rodriguez calling the game, uh, which is always weird. I, I mean, any any Yankee fans, sound off. Tweet us. Is it weird when you hear Michael K calling other teams? I, it is for me. I, I don't know. That would be like Gary Cohen you know, calling a Rockies game. He calls the Seton Hall basketball games. Yeah, but it's not baseball, you know? I'm just it, saying that's what he does. I didn't know that, though. I didn't know he called Seton Hall. Yeah, he's the, uh, he's the college basketball uh, for Seton Hall boys. That's pretty cool. And then, uh, of course, Howie Rose calls the Islanders as well, too. Yeah. It's amazing that some people actually know Howie for being, like, the Islanders broadcaster, yeah. which right. is just crazy. Um. Hey, what'd you think of uh, uh, David Ortiz giving Jeter a Boston jersey? Did you like that? Did it make you chuckle? Sure. <laughs> I love David Ortiz, man. He's funny as fuck. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm glad you think that. I'm not as big of a fan, but... You know, he's ended your life a lot. Yeah, it's uh, that fucking... That big uppercut damn swing with balls going into the bullpen. I've seen it too many times. That's a violent swing. It is. There's not a lot of violent swings left. It, it and it's amazing how good he was at catching up to you know the fastball high and in. Um, you know he loved it down at the knees just because he could just tomahawk. That's that what thing. she said. Yeah, there you go. I'll give you that one. I've hit enough today. Oh, that damn. That's just too easy. Right. Yeah, yeah, too easy. Yeah. Layups. That was easy. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, back, back to back. All righty. Uh, hey, you got anything else for us? No, I'd really like to stop talking about this fucking team now. <laughs> hey, football season's on the horizon. You ready? We start talking Jets soon. Jets and Giants. Hard knocks. Training camp. That's right. Yeah, the Jets are going to be getting hard knocks this year, whether they like it or not, it seems. But that'll make for some good TV. I like the hard knocks. I don't know about you. I like hard knocks. I love it. Knocks? Hard knocks. Oh, okay. Just make sure you're enunciating that. What did you think I said? Something that began with a C. Okay. Uh, uh, that's, that's what she said. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's what she said. Stretch. Just that's want you to enunciate. That's all. All right. Brian, real okay. quick. Who, who's the, there's always the one person in hard knocks who like is the fan favorite. Like the guy who's like a third stringer or like a bench guy who gets going to get cut. Who do you think this could be up for the Jets? Yeah. The big storyline. Who's battling? Who's the, who's the big storyline guy? I think there's going to be an entire episode dedicated to like Tim Boyle, the backup quarterback. What about Denzel? I think they, they already did that, right? With uh, the Lions. Wasn't Tim Boyle the. Uh... Yeah, they're just going to be like, we loved him. Good content. Yeah, the, his, his wife's going to be in the Olympic doing races again. They're going to be like, just reuse the same footage. Like, we love this guy. Do they pan, you know, do they play out the whole Zach Wilson, 
now oh. sidelined and, you know, making him just look like a sad sap the entire time. I guarantee they're going to do, they're going to show footage of him like missing throws, like on the practice field with Rogers and the song underneath is going to be like some kind of song that is, deals with the word like hell, like the devil went down to Georgia or something like that. Buy or sell. They reference the, uh, the older woman thing for Zach Wilson. No, I don't think so. No, that's old no? news. That's yeah, old news. You, okay. Yeah, get, get out of the past. All right. I think they do. I think they do. I think they do it in a tongue-in-cheek uh, manner, but I think they do. We'll see. Well, all right. Hey, if you haven't done so already, make sure to give us a follow on all of the socials. Letter S, number two, Station Pod. Again, that's S2 Station Pod. Letter S, number two, Station Pod. Find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Also, head on over to our YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you don't already. Make sure to ring that notification bell because we do post new videos more often than we even have podcasts. We're always putting out new content there. It's a great way to stay connected with Station to Station. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 14, everyone. For Pat Lavin and Brian Sarnelli, I'm John Persapio. We'll see you next time. So long. Taking